You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. months of my life and you guys have questions so I have answers and I'm here to jump into your Q&A from Instagram and then just give you a little bit of advice chat about what Wharton's been like etc etc for the rest of the year we'll be doing solo episodes because you guys love my solo episodes so much obviously we've had on some incredible guests recently but I wanted to do some solo episodes because this is a really transformative time of year so for me, it's my birthday in December, so I'm always doing a little bit of reflecting around this time. It's the holidays, we're indoors, so I wanted to do some solo episodes about a lot of the lessons that I've been learning this year, but I wanted to kick it off with a little bit of like a life update so you guys can sort of understand where I'm at, answer your questions, and then jump into how we're going to level up for 2024, or how we're just going to keep having fun and living our best lives for 2024. So. With that being said, today is going to be a get ready with me style if you're watching on YouTube and or if you're watching the video. And so bear with me. I hope you guys don't hear too much of my like rustling through all of my makeup and stuff like that. I'll do my best. And we will go ahead and get started with our first question. So let me lay out my makeup quickly and then we'll get started. Okay, so. The very first question that I'm going to answer, the first question that you all asked me, I got a lot about Wharton, a lot about my relationship, or not my relationship, but like what it's like being single these days. So I think I'll start with the Wharton questions and then we'll get into like the single life questions. So first question, someone asked how to know if you're ready to go to grad school and what to do, how to like decide if you think it's right for you. So for me... I did this a little bit differently because an MBA is a super specific thing in the careers that I wanted to be in and it's very much something that I knew I wanted to do when I was an undergrad. So when I was an undergrad at Northwestern, I had I did something called MLT, Management Leadership for Tomorrow. And that program really did help me decide that I want an MBA because it also has an MBA version. So if you are a professional and you are considering getting an MBA and you're black or Hispanic or Native American, you should absolutely apply to, MB to MLT and they will help you so much with your application process. Like literally 90% of the people who are fall into those categories that are here at Warden did MLT. And so it's a really great program if you are someone who is interested in getting an MBA and you are 
a person of color and it gives you so much information about it so I would say that to know if you're ready or if it's right for you, you have to be really intentional about what kind of career path you want to go on. An MBA is not really, in my opinion, the best thing to do if you don't know what you want to do long term because it's very time consuming, expensive, and if once you get here it's really busy so you don't really have time to reflect in the same way that you would think you would in grad school. So I think that's a really important point is when it comes to grad school, I can't answer that question because I'm not in like another grad school and grad school is really different depending on like what you decide to do. Like law school is really different from getting your MBA and uh, going to get your PhD is really different. The questions I ask myself during any sort of like career question or career pivot are more like what do I want to feel long term in my, in my like career slash life not necessarily like what do I want to do but like what type of like lifestyle do I want to live and will this choice whether it's a new job or whatever can help me get to that lifestyle or will it really hinder me or like sort of just thinking a little bit more critically about the lifestyle you want to live and how you want to approach whatever you want to do long term because at grad school, it's going to be expensive. You're going to have to take out loans. It's going to be, you're going to have an opportunity cost of finances. So the way I knew that I wanted to do it was because in my early career, I wanted to be able to take risks and then go to business school and use this as a time for entrepreneurship or for pivoting careers. So if you want to pivot careers, if you want to do entrepreneurship in more of a controlled environment, if you want to get a job at a prestigious like investment bank or private equity firm or something like that or consultant you want to like really go from like for example we have a ton of people who like came here from the military they have no business experience so they're here working and then they can get a job in like consulting or something afterwards that's really like what I would think about when you're deciding to do this this person also said that they felt that they were too young and ex inexperienced to get an MBA and that goes into the next question that somebody asked which is what is the average age of your classmates so I do think that you need more work experience besides those of us who did the early application where we applied um, while we were in undergrad. That's like the majority of the people who are my age. So I'm 24, we'll be 25 next month. And the majority of my classmates are between the ages of like 27 to 32. So all my friends like I have a lot of friends who also did this program, it's called Molis, where we like all applied and then worked for two to four years and we're all like 25. Um, I think there's two boys who are like a little bit younger than me, but like only by like a couple months. Like we're like 24 is definitely the youngest, I don't meet people younger than me. Um, and then there's like a couple of people who are doing joint programs who are also young. So the people who are MD, MBAs, so people who are in med school but are also at Wharton, and then people who are JD MBAs, so people who are in law school but also at Wharton, some of those people are younger because they came straight from undergrad to those programs, and that makes total sense like for them. But majority of like the Wharton MBA pipeline has like five-ish years of work experience. So a lot of them have worked at one company for three years and another company for two years or like they worked at one company for four years and now they're here or they were in the military for eight years and now they're here like it's very very like 
different depending on their backgrounds. And I think that makes sense because an MBA is something that's supposed to be a career accelerator. And if you don't have career experience, then it's really not worth it to be here. You need at least three years, I would say. Like two years is fine, but like even I feel like I could have stood to get a little bit more career experience before coming, but at the same time, not really. Like I knew what I wanted to do, so. Yeah, I would say that if you are considering getting an MBA, you should definitely have a couple years of work experience um, and you should be specific about what you want to do. Like, I have a friend here who also got her master's in, like, visual arts um, because she want, knows that, like, long term she wants to, like, work in the art industry. And, and I think that's something that's important to do, too, is, like, you maybe you want more education, but maybe you want it in a different capacity than just general business because it's a very specific thing. I hope that answers your question. Okay, someone asked if how has my overall Wharton experience been? Do I still want to be an entrepreneur? And the answer to that is 100%. I've never been more sure that I want to be an entrepreneur than being here and being surrounded by all these people who all they want to do is like banking or consulting. I don't think anything's wrong with that. Like I think like there's only, everybody wants different things, you know what I mean? Like everybody has different goals, everybody has different things that they want out of their career, different requirements, but I came here planning on doing entrepreneurship, but also like being open to, okay, what could be out there? What could be available to me? And what I personally found was that I do not do well in bureaucratic and political environments. I really do not like having to like jump through hoops to get things done or to execute on a strategy that I think is like the best strategy. And that was something that I dealt with at Google and YouTube where I felt like, but if you have the best idea or if you have like something that you wanna do, like why can't we just do it? And it was because the company was so big that we couldn't always act on like the things that we were most excited about. And that was really frustrating to me. But there were two companies that I thought like, okay, I could work here, you know what I mean? And those companies were Amex and Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy, and AKA LVMH. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll go to the info sessions and see what the vibe is. And it just like triggered that feeling of like being in a box, in a bureaucratic environment where like I would have to like send corporate emails and make sure I look good to the, the higher ups and answer to and do things that I didn't really want to do just so that I could look like I was doing them. And I just like, once you have a taste of entrepreneurship and once you have a taste of making your own money and doing things in your own time, I don't think it's really possible to go back unless you like get tired of that. And I'm not tired of it. I am just now, after three years of content creation and entrepreneurship, just now I feel like getting into my stride with it, getting into my prime with it. So I'm not going to give that up for something that like I don't even really want, you know? So I had to come here and I had to have that experience to recognize that it's not what I want. But entrepreneurship, by all means, like I am a born entrepreneur. I'm a leader. I really love execution. Efficiency is my favorite thing. But what I, the biggest gap that I've noticed within myself since I've been here is that I need a team. I need support and I need the right kind of support. And I was not providing that for myself for a long time. I was just like for the robes, for example, like I did everything by myself for a long time. Like 
My ex obviously helped me a lot when he could, but I did everything myself for a long time. And I think that that's why I haven't been able to like scale it the way that like other people have is because I wasn't asking for help. And I feel now that like I need help if I am gonna make it what it needs to be. And now that I'm at Wharton, I have people who can help me. I have resources, I have, un I have access to the best possible resources. I have professors who are experts in their field. I have, um, we have like different entrepreneurship clubs and resources. I have people who are interested in this space and I have a revenue generating startup. Like these are all, like I'm in the perfect position to take Two Collective to the next level. And that's what I know that I want to do. And I think entrepreneurship is something that like you can never really go wrong with because you will always learn something about yourself or about, you know, your industry. So yeah, I, like I said, I have never been more sure that I want to be an entrepreneur. I just know that that's what like my life is meant to be. Um, but I don't think that's not to knock on the corporate world. I'm sure maybe one day, like if I want a little bit more stability or whatever, like I could take a corporate job or if it was the right thing for me. But I also make more money transparently from influencing than I would at an, a summer internship or something this summer. So I'm not really like pressed to do it for like financial reasons, which is such a big blessing. Like I might have such a different answer to this question if I wasn't making money. You know what I mean? But like I'm lucky enough and I've worked hard enough over the past like three years to build something that is revenue generating and is very lucrative for myself with help of course that like I would rather just put all my eggs into that basket rather than like stretch myself another bit by getting an internship or getting another corporate job. Never never but I know I do want to be an entrepreneur. Okay someone also asked a little bit about like what am I learning? What are we doing here at Wharton? So I'll tell you what my classes were and like if I liked them, what the vibe was, did I like, what was the plan? So in your first quarter or your first, okay, I'll do a brief explanation here. Wharton has two semesters. Each semester is split into two quarters and each quarter is six weeks. So the semester is like 12 to 14 weeks. So for the first semester, you're doing core classes. So things that are, everyone has to take. And then you also have a flexible core. So those are things that you have to take by the time you graduate. There's about like nine of those classes and those are in things like accounting, corporate finance, blah, blah, blah. Wharton is an extremely, extremely quantitatively heavy school. And I, thought that I would be okay with that, but I'm really not very strong in quant. So it's been a challenge for me to get used to doing statistics and economics. And I thought, okay, maybe after core it's just all gonna be done, but no, like I just, we just got like the courses for next semester and I'm gonna take accounting and corporate finance and I have to take another econ class and the marketing classes, they have math, you know what I mean? It's a very math heavy school. And so I think that's been more challenging for me just because I'm not comfortable with it, but it's been good because I'm getting out of my comfort zone and I'm teaching myself like, hey, like I know that I can do this. Like I am learning, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's good for me, but it is still really difficult for me to get used to. So um, the classes I'm taking this semester are microeconomics, macroeconomics, statistics, and where is my brush? Girl, I'm a fucking mess in here. I took marketing, like our core marketing last quarter, and then I took venture capital last quarter. And then I also have to take a communications class, which I'm doing right now. 
and I'm taking a legal studies class and I'm taking one elective because I like truthfully like none of the core classes are particularly like exciting or stimulating you know it's like okay an econ class like all right I guess like gotta go to econ today so I know and I know this from undergrad because I just remembered how I felt about it I need at least one class per quarter or semester that I'm like really excited about to keep me you have one unheard message hi I was calling current the influencer marketing platform but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. In the game and I thought last quarter that that would be venture capital for me I thought I would be like so excited to learn about VC but I just really didn't love the professor I just felt like he was very like old-school and not engaging um, and then when it comes to the rest of my classes like uh, I don't want to say I'm disappointed in the academics because I feel like that would be one a premature assessment given I'm six weeks into being here and two it would be a bit of a an ungrateful thing to say because this is the best business school in the world and so the academics are great but it has been hard because a lot of it is a little bit just like annoying to deal with and I think it's just because it's core classes but in terms of what I'm really learning um, a lot of math which is like sort of like the baseline my marketing class I really did not like um, because I just felt like it was a super outdated approach to marketing and I thought I would love it, but it was just really not great in my opinion. I also took, um, like I said, I didn't love my VC class. And right now I'm in legal studies, which I actually like enjoy the way the professor is doing the class. So I'm enjoying that one a lot, which I didn't know that I would, honestly. And then I also am in a communications class that like we have to basically deliver speeches like impromptu speaking and it's a required course for all Wharton students. I think that's really good because we, um, for me I thought that I could talk, like look at me, I'm talking to you now. But it's good to be able to stretch my skills so that I can get rid of things like filler words, like, like an um, whatever. Because I... When I listen back to my podcast episodes, I notice that I say those a lot, and that's something I want to work on. So I have that, and then, and I, so I'm excited for that because I think it'll actually be useful. Things like statistics and economics don't really feel useful to me. I think that's why it's hard for me to get myself into them. But next semester, I'm hoping to take some cool classes. I'm hoping to enjoy them a little bit more. Uh, but a peek into what I'm learning for the most part is like it's really core cool right now and it's pretty boring. So I can't give you too much, but I am taking one, the one cool class that I'm taking this quarter to keep myself engaged in academics is called Marketing and the Science of Creativity. So it's basically taught by like a professor that also teaches neuroscience about how creativity or getting really good ideas or innovation, like building a new innovative product are all these things that we think just happen like in a stroke of genius randomly you get an aha moment and that's the only time you can really work on it and blah 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 
But in reality, it's something that you can cultivate and you can like systematize. And I'm really excited to dive, we just started the class, like to dive into that. It also uses a lot of AI. And so I'm really excited about that one. And I think it'll keep me excited and also help me create better content for you all. Now, I do think that that is the majority of the warden questions. Um, in terms of overall things that I wanna like mention about my warden experience so far is one, it's so overwhelming. Like you don't really have a lot of time to reflect. And two, it is insanely bit like, cause it's insanely busy. And it's also way more expensive than I thought um, because you have to pay, like I am here to build connections and to network and make new friends, blah, blah, blah. And that's expensive because every party costs like $65, $100. Every dinner you're going to costs a lot of money. So if you are considering or are going to business school, save way more than you thought because luckily I have income from content creation that's going really well. But if you didn't, girl, I don't know what you'd be doing. It's expensive out here. And it's tough to keep with a budget because you are like losing connections when you don't like engage. And a lot of these people like are like their parents are paying for these things. So it's like you can't compare yourself to them. I'm going to do a whole episode on comparison because I feel like I've learned so much about it since I've been here. But yeah, now I think we can switch into like my life stuff. So someone asked, how am I navigating being newly single? Well, honestly, it's been interesting. Um, I'll be real with you there. It's been very interesting. Um, I don't know what I expected from it, but it's been a lot. I think that my experience being newly single is very different than like if you broke up with someone and you weren't in school because school is like, you've been to school. You know how it is. Like you're all in one place. You're all like a similar age. You all have a similar like goal. So it's easier to date because you're meeting people at these parties and stuff like that. Whereas if I had broken up and been single when I was in New York, I think it would have been a lot harder because I feel like I would have actively had to go searching for a partner or someone to date or whatever like that. But now, since I've gotten here, I just sort of have a lot of like influx of people who are like pursuing me. <laughs> that sounded so terrible, awful, and insane to say out loud. As in, I sort of have a different experience because I am in school. Now, I think that navigating early singledom is going to be a roller coaster of emotions and it's not something that like looks linear for anyone because I like, there's been days where I'm like, yeah, I'm completely fine and like I'm over this, whatever. And then there's days where I just start crying. And if I have to like talk to him at all, I'm done, you know? It's like very much a roller coaster and I can't, since I'm still in the wound, I can't really speak to it in a way that is probably as like healthy or smart as it could be. But the truth of the matter is like, it's a roller coaster and the number one thing I can tell you to do is to not blame yourself and to rid yourself of any guilt for anything you're feeling in your emotions because whatever it is, like, it's okay. Because all of us, like, Everyone has gone through something like this before and it's never linear. And so I think that's what my biggest takeaway has been. I went back to therapy uh, after like five months off yesterday, literally. And she was like, I was like, I just feel guilty because sometimes I'm really happy and I feel like I'm having a great time, but I feel like I'm supposed to be really sad right now. And she was like, you are probably sad in there, but like you can't feel guilty because it's not your fault, like, you know what I mean? Like, you you just have to uh, 
release a lot of that guilt because you have to be able to accept your blessings and accept your happiness when it comes to you. And I think maybe I'm speaking specifically to people who were the ones to break up with their partners um, because I made this decision as opposed to like being broken up with. I think I would probably be a lot sadder and in a different place and I've never experienced that. So I'm not going to speak to it, but I felt guilty because I was like, I'm happy and I made the right decision. And they, I think she was more like, you have to release that guilt that you feel like you should have like stayed to make someone else happy. And honestly, I have noticed in myself with talking to new guys, um, too, when I like realize that I don't like them, I actually really struggle to tell them that because I feel bad. I feel like, oh, I don't want to tell this guy that I'm not interested because I don't want to like hurt his feelings. And that's how I realized like, oh my God, I am still stuck in that cycle of feeling like other people's feelings are my responsibility, even when I'm like not enjoying time with them. I would like accept attention and stuff or dates with these guys that like, I don't even know if I like just because they like me. And I'm like, oh, if they like me, then like I'm, then of course, like 100%, like let's make this work. But like, do I like you? And that's not something I thought I would experience. I thought I was like good on that confidence front or whatever. No ma'am, no Pam. I literally like had to recognize in myself that I was like letting people, leading people on because I felt unworthy and I thought like their attention was like enough as opposed to like, do I even like you? Do I want to be with you? You know what I mean? Um, I wasn't doing it a ton or anything like that, but it was definitely something that I was like, whoa. Not a, that is a toxic behavior, babes, and we are not doing it today. So I would say that navigating early singledom, don't blame yourself for things, let yourself feel your feelings, and focus on you. I have had nights where I feel like a little lonely, and I'm like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling right now, because I'm not used to it. So um, I just think there's something new every day, but the best part and the thing that you can look forward to in early singledom is freedom. I mean, freedom's amazing, you know what I mean? And you get to choose and build your own life from here on out to the next level, to wherever you want it to go. Anything could happen, and that is so exciting. And you get to grow so much in the process. Like, that is such a blessing that not everybody has. And so that's what I'm choosing to look at whenever I feel, like, stressed or sad. But I do feel sad a lot, and I cry a lot. Every time I like have a little breakthrough or notice something about like the way I've been acting, I cry. <laughs> yeah, a lot of tears will be shed. Okay, next one is what do you think is like, like can you compare dating around in your early 20s to being in a relationship? Okay, I've only been doing this for two fucking days. <laughs> no, I've only been doing this for like two fucking months. So I don't really have the biggest dating experience. And most of the time with all the, I also, I've been on one date. No, I haven't even been on the date yet. I'm going on the date tomorrow. I don't know what I'm doing, okay? So when it comes to dating, I, what I have found is that you have way more time to focus on yourself, first of all. Second of all, to, you have a big capacity to build really strong female friendships. And that's something I feel like now I can really relate to my single girlfriends and now I can really connect with them because I feel like, whoa, like I have experienced this. Like I understand what you're talking about with these guys. And also I thought all guys would just be obsessed with me and want to date me and marry me. And they don't. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's just really weird. <laughs> I hope you know I'm joking, but only a little bit. So it is weird to just like navigate like talking to people, dealing with people, like feeling awkward and anxious in all my conversations, but it's amazing because I get to like build great female friendships and I get to focus on my career and I get to have fun, like ch like learning, like, oh, do I like when he says this? Do I like this guy? Do I like this? Like, it's really nice to like learn in that way. But it's also uncomfortable because I was in a relationship for so long and I was so used to being supported and I was so used to having, I mean, I had a great relationship, like I said, like, and I think that if you are going to be in a relationship in your 20s, it should really be adding to your life. It should not be taking away. It should be very, very fruitful and happy. And the point where it starts draining you more than it starts filling you up is when you should let go because there is so much life to be lived. There are so many fish in the pond. There's so many options. If someone's not giving you something that you know you need, somebody else will give that to you. And that's something that I want you all to be very, very serious about because I, what kept me from making this jump was that fear that I would never find anybody that would give me what I was getting. And that is not true. You know, like that is very, very false. And so, I mean, I think it's been two months. Like, I might die alone, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't, I'm not in love again or anything like that. But I'm just like, I just have a renewed faith because I have so many girlfriends who are also single, also going through it. And it's so much more, it's so much more of a testament to true self-love when you can choose to be alone instead of settling. And when you can choose to put yourself first and choose to have fun and only look for good experiences as opposed to like doing something that just you're not happy doing. So I would say if you want to be in a relationship in your 20s, 100% do it, but only if it's only adding to your life because you're in your youngest, you're never going to be this young, you're never going to be this hot, and you're never going to be this fun. You're never going to have this much energy. You probably, you may never be able in this place where you don't have kids. So if that's the case, girl, get the ha get outside, you know what I'm saying? So. I would say they're different. Both can be good and both can be hard, but I've had I'm doing both, I guess. Or I did both. I guess it's been two months. It's been two days. Cue Bretman Rock saying it's been two fucking days. I'm trying. I'm fucking trying. I've only been doing this for two fucking days. Like shit. Give me a fucking break. I think that that's all I'm gonna get into today. I would say, like, in terms of my life generally, it's really great. I'm in Philly for the next two weeks, and then I'm going to Columbia for Thanksgiving, um, and then going home for Thanksgiving, obviously. Then I'm gonna go to Miami for Art Basel slash my 25th birthday, so life is gonna be fun. I have lots of great solo episodes coming up for you guys soon, so please, please, please keep an eye out. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet, make sure to do so down below. Um, it means a lot to me and helps our show grow a ton. And if you have any guest requests, I'm going to be booking our guests for 2024. And like I said, I want them to be really amazing guests because I love doing the solo episodes. You guys love the solo episodes. So if it's not somebody who we're obsessed with, we're not going to have them on. So please DM me any of your guest requests. And don't forget that you can still shop Two Collective's robes on twocollective.com. We have this terry cloth robe that I'm wearing if you're watching right now. It's the perfect post-shower robe, has our, our signature adjustable sleeves. You can customize it with these adorable patches, so it's really incredible. 
And we also have our two cozy robe that I've actually been living in recently because it's cold AF here in Philadelphia. So check those out. You can customize either of them. They are so incredible. We have tons of great reviews and we go up to sizes 5X. So make sure you are shopping that for all and for like gifting. Come on, it's the best gift ever. The funny thing is every, I have a ton of Wharton friends who went ahead and bought one and like all of them have ordered once and then they order again to get it for their mom or for their sister or for their friend. And so it's a really amazing gift because it's the best thing, especially for new moms or to parents, whatever. I'm just really proud of this product that I made. Like it's so amazing and I'm just like, wow love love these robes so if you haven't gotten them already you can use the code podcast 15 for 15 percent off and yeah so thank you guys so much for watching and for listening i love you so much and don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself